everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we are looking at Isaiah 18 to Isaiah 22. And rather than sweep over the whole thing, I just want to hit a couple high points here. Um, The first thing in Isaiah uh, 19 and 20. Basically, there's going to be a lot of thoughts about Egypt that Isaiah is speaking about Egypt. And the unique thing that he is saying is basically there's going to be this time of um, judgment and civil war because they are far from God. Yesterday, we were talking a lot about how God exists for God's glory. And so when he judges nations, uh, sometimes he judges nations that he used to judge other nations. Uh, Here, God is going to judge Egypt for its unfaithfulness to himself. However... There is kind of this coming truth of Egypt that is that Egypt will be a place where God is honored, where God is worshipped. And even further than that, there's going to be kind of this unique relationship between Assyria, Israel, and Egypt all existing together peacefully. They have they have roads. There's literally a highway between them um, so that they can worship God together peacefully. Now, when Isaiah would have said this, uh, this would have been very crazy, um, very like the, these nations are literally fighting each other. Uh, Egypt kind of at this time is in a lot of turmoil and chaos. Israel tries to get help from Egypt. Assyria is fighting Israel, like all of this would have seemed crazy. Um, but what's cool is that there's there's some truth. Well, there's a lot of truth in Isaiah 19 and 20, because Egypt was in fact in kind of a civil war at this time. Uh, Egypt was in fact pretty much destroyed shortly after this. So in Isaiah's lifetime, he saw a lot of this come to pass. Uh, Probably the, the most wild verse in this series of verses is verse Uh, 24. So this is chapter 19, verse 24. In that day, Israel will be the third with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth, whom the Lord of hosts has blessed, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands, and Israel, my inheritance. Uh, What a wild thing for the, the Israelites, the people in Judah. What a wild thing for them to hear that God is going to bless these three nations together and he's going to speak of them in very high terms. A lot of the Israelites would have wanted to hold God for themselves, even though they weren't obedient to him. And so this would have been kind of a scandalous prophecy, but it speaks to God's heart for the nations. Uh, I, I like to dr- bring attention to it every time I can that God in the Old Testament did not exist just to prosper Israel. Uh, right here in Isaiah 19, Uh, 18 and 19, we're seeing that God has a heart here for Egypt, Assyria, and Israel because God is calling people from all nations to himself. He's continuing to do that. Uh, When Jesus comes on the scene, uh, Jesus is kind of bringing Israel to himself. Uh, Then Paul is bringing the gospel to the Gentiles. And today there's neither Jew nor Gentile. Um, We are all worshiping the Lord together, um, united under Christ. So that's pretty cool that we can see that in Isaiah 19 and 20. I do want to focus also on Isaiah 22 because Isaiah 22 has some really cool things on uh, in it that we can actually prove uh, with archaeology and with history. And I love pointing out stuff like that. So in Isaiah 22, uh, there's, there's this oracle against Jerusalem. And basically what's happening is there's a judgment against, again, people who aren't faithful to the Lord. 
But specifically, God is saying, hey, um, I caused the Assyrians to relent when they came up against you. And I thought you were going to uh, weep and moan and fast and seek me, but instead you became prideful in your own efforts. So if you look at uh, chapter 22, verse, let's start in verse 8. In that day you looked to the weapons of the house of the forest, and you saw that the breaches of the city of David were many. You collected the waters of the lower pool, and you counted the houses of Jerusalem, and you broke down the houses to fortify the wall. You made a reservoir between the two walls for the water of the old pool, but you did not look to him who did it or see him who planned it long ago. It's this idea that uh, the people in Jerusalem could see the invaders coming, and so they prepared well for the invaders and were able to be defended. Uh, in this in this period of time, Hezekiah would have been the king. During Hezekiah's time, you can see this in Second Kings. Uh, there was a there was a giant tunnel that was basically dug under the ground uh, from the Gihon Spring, which would have been outside the walls, into the Pool of Siloam, which would have been inside the walls. And so you can literally go to Israel today. You can go to Jerusalem, and you can walk through Hezekiah's tunnel. Uh, There's actually an inscription that they found inside the tunnel kind of describing the work that had been done. And it has been dated uh, to like 700, 800 BC, which is exactly this period of time. And so this is a this is a real thing. It is recorded in 2 Kings. It's also alluded to here in Isaiah 22. And basically what the Lord is revealing through Isaiah is that it was foolish of the people to uh, basically like count themselves as the cause for their defense. Um, Because at this time they dug this tunnel and they also tore down houses so that they could build bigger walls. And God is saying, hey, like ultimately I am the one who defended you, but you didn't seek me. You took glory in yourselves. And so this is actually an indictment against Israel that cites Hezekiah's tunnel, which you can go and see today. It's a real place. Um, it's, It's full of water. Actually, sometimes you'll be in like in water up to your chest if you go through the tunnel. Um, The second really interesting thing is there's this condemnation against a royal steward. His name is Shebna. So Shebna is this guy that's over the household of the king. He would have been doing a lot of the king's business, making a lot of decisions for the king. And in chapter 22, verse 16, says, what have you to do here and whom have you here that you have cut out here a tomb for yourself and you have cut out a tomb on the height and carve a dwelling for yourself in the rock? The Behold, the Lord will hurl you away violently. O you strong man, he will seize firm hold of you and whirl you around and around and throw you like a ball into a wide land. There you shall die and there shall be your glorious chariots you shame of your master's house, I will thrust you from your office, and you will be pulled down from your station. In that day, I will call my servant Eliakim. So kind of this idea that God is going to take Shebna from his office because of his pride in himself, and he's going to put Eliakim in his place. Now, what's interesting about this is that God is basically indicting him for creating this ornate tomb um, up on the heights and bringing glory to himself. Well, in 1870, 
they actually discovered this super ornate tomb uh, that had an inscription above it that most likely carried Shebna's name. There's a little bit of controversy about the specific name, um, but it is a royal steward's tomb uh, that is very ornate and would have existed to draw attention to himself instead of God, instead of the king. Uh, that the inscription that was written above this tomb is the same type of inscription that was found in Hezekiah's tunnel, and both have been dated around the same time. So it's really interesting and really faith-affirming that Isaiah 22 has two archaeological things that we have discovered, um, that we can visit, that we can look at Isaiah 22 and know that these places being referenced are real. Uh, they exist today, and because of that, uh, it just causes us to trust the text, like what Isaiah said in Isaiah 22 is what can be proven to be real by archaeology and history. I mean, you can travel to Israel and you can see these things. Uh, ultimately, what's crazy is this royal tomb uh, is empty because Shebna was carried into exile, most likely, um, when the Babylonians attacked and carried off all the people. So when when Isaiah is talking about the people being hurled away, most likely this is exactly what happened to Shebna, and this prophecy is fulfilled. So I know not everybody is into history and archaeology, but every time that I can see that something is spoken about in the Bible uh, is proven by something that can either be visited or dug out of the ground or discovered, uh, that to me just leads me to trust the Bible even more. So Isaiah 22 literally references two things that we can locate, we can believe are true because you can actually go visit them. Um, and Isaiah 18 and 19 actually have a lot to say about Egypt that did also become true. So every time I read something in the Bible like that, uh, it just leads me to trust God more and believe what God says even more. So I just encourage you to continue to believe the Lord uh, in your life, continue to be obedient to him, continue to be committed to him. We can trust that what he has revealed is in fact correct and true. And because of that, we can believe that all the things that he has revealed are true. He will be faithful to his promises. He will be faithful to us when we are faithful to him. We'll be back again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Isaiah chapter 18. Ah, land of whirring wings that is beyond the rivers of Cush, which sends ambassadors by the sea in vessels of papyrus on the waters. Go, you swift messengers, to a nation tall and smooth, to a people feared near and far, a nation mighty and conquering, whose land the rivers divide. All you inhabitants of the world, you who dwell on the earth, when a signal is raised on the mountains, look, when a trumpet is blown, hear. For thus the Lord said to me, I will quietly look from my dwelling like clear heat in sunshine, like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest. For before the harvest, when the blossom is over and the flower becomes a ripening grape, he cuts off the shoots with pruning hooks and the spreading branches he lops off and clears away. They shall all of them be left to the birds of prey on the mountains and to the beasts of the earth. And the birds of prey will summer on them and all the beasts of the earth will winter on them. At that time tribute will be brought to the Lord of hosts from a people tall and smooth, from a people feared near and far, a nation mighty and conquering, whose land the rivers divide, to Mount Zion, the place of the name of the Lord of hosts. Chapter 19 An Oracle Concerning Egypt Behold, the Lord is riding on a swift cloud and comes to Egypt, and the idols of Egypt will tremble at his presence. 
and the heart of the Egyptians will melt within them. And I will stir up Egyptian against Egyptians, and they will fight each other and one another, and each against his neighbor, city against city, kingdom against kingdom, and the spirit of the Egyptians within them will be emptied out, and I will confound their counsel, and they will inquire of idols and of sorcerers, and the mediums and the necromancers. And I will give over the Egyptians into the hand of a hard master, and a fierce king will rule over them, declares the Lord the God of hosts. And the waters of the sea will be dried up, and the river will be dry and parched, and its canals will become foul, and the branches of Egypt's Nile will diminish and dry up, reeds and rushes will rot away. There will be bare places by the Nile, on the brink of the Nile, and all that is sown by the Nile will be parched, will be driven away, and will be no more. The fishermen will mourn and lament, all who cast a hook in the Nile, and they will languish, who spread nets on the water. The workers in combed flax will be in despair, and the weavers of white cotton. Those who are the pillars of the land will be crushed, and all who work for pay will be grieved. The princes of Zone are utterly foolish. The wisest counselors of Pharaoh gave stupid counsel. How can you say to Pharaoh, I am a son of the wise, a son of the ancient kings? Where then are your wise men? Let them tell you, that they might know what the Lord of hosts has purposed against Egypt. The princes of Zone have become fools, and the princes of Memphis are deluded. Those who are the cornerstones of their tribes have made Egypt stagger. The Lord has mingled within her a spirit of confusion, and they will make Egypt stagger in all its deeds, as a drunken man staggers on his vomit. And there will be nothing for Egypt, and the head or the tail, a palm branch or a reed, may do. In that day the Egyptians will be like women, and tremble with fear before the hand that the Lord of hosts shakes over them. And the land of Judah will become a terror to the Egyptians. Everyone to whom it is mentioned will fear, because the purpose of the Lord of hosts has purposed against them. In that day there will be five cities in the land of Egypt that will speak the language of Canaan, and swear allegiance to the Lord of hosts. One of these will be called the City of Destruction. In that day there will be an altar to the Lord in the midst of the land of Egypt, and a pillar to the Lord at its border. It will be a sign and a witness to the Lord of hosts in the land of Egypt. When they cry to the Lord because of oppressors, he will send them a savior and a defender and deliver them. And the Lord will make himself known to the Egyptians, and the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day, and worship with a sacrifice and offering, and they will make vows to the Lord and perform them. And the Lord will strike Egypt, striking and healing, and they will return to the Lord, and he will listen to their pleas for mercy and heal them. In that day there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria, and Assyria will come into Egypt, and Egypt into Assyria, and the Egyptians will worship with the Assyrians. In that day Israel will be the third with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth, whom the Lord of hosts has blessed, saying, Blessed be Egypt my people, and Assyria the work of my hands, and Israel my inheritance. Chapter 20 In that year, that the commander-in-chief who was sent by Sargon, the king of Assyria, came to Ashdod and fought against it and captured it. And at that time the Lord spoke by Isaiah the son of Amos, saying, Go and loose the sackcloth from your waist, and take off your sandals from your feet. And he did so, walking naked and barefoot. Then the Lord said, As my servant Isaiah has walked naked and barefoot for three years, as a sign of portent against Egypt and Cush, so shall the king of Assyria lead away the Egyptian captives and the Cushite exiles, both the young and the old, naked and barefoot, 
with buttocks uncovered and nakedness of Egypt. Then they shall be dismayed and ashamed because of Cush their hope, and of Egypt their boast. And the inhabitants of this coastland will say in that day, Behold, this is what has happened to those in whom we have hoped, and in whom we fled for help to be delivered by the king of Assyria. And we, how shall we escape? Chapter 21 The Oracle Concerning the Wilderness of the Sea As whirlwinds in the Negeb sweep on, it comes from the wilderness, from a terrible land. A stern vision is told to me, the traitor betrays, and the destroyer destroys. Go up, O Elam, lay siege, O Media. All the sighings have been caused, I bring to an end. Therefore my loins are filled with anguish, pangs have seized me. Like the pangs of a woman in labor, I am bowed down so that I cannot hear. I am dismayed so I cannot see. My heart staggers. Horror has appalled me. The twilight I longed for has been turned for me into trembling. They prepared the table. They spread the rugs. They eat. They drink. Arise, O princes. Oil the shield. For thus the Lord said to me, Go set a watchman. Let him announce what he sees. When he sees riders, horsemen in pairs, riders on donkeys, riders on camels, let him listen diligently, very diligently. Then he who saw cried out, Upon a watchtower I stand, O Lord, continually by day, and at my posts I am stationed whole nights. And behold, here come riders, horsemen in pairs. And he answered, Fallen, fallen is Babylon, and all the carved images of her gods. He has shattered to the ground. O my threshed and winnowed one, what I have heard from the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I announce to you, the oracle concerning Duma. One is calling me from Ser, Watchman, what time is the night? Watchman, what time is the night? The watchman says, Morning comes, and also the night. If you will inquire, inquire. Come back again. The oracle concerning Arabia. In the thickets in Arabia you will lodge, O caravans of the Dedanites. I am the thirsty one, bring water. Meet the fugitive with bread, O inhabitants of the land of Tema, for they have fled from the swords, from the drawn sword, from the bent bow, and from the press of battle. For thus the Lord said to me, Within a year, according to the years of a hired worker, all the glory of Kadir will come to an end, and the remainder of the archers of the mighty men of the sons of Kadir will be few. For the Lord, the God of Israel, has spoken. Chapter 22 The Oracle Concerning the Valley of Vision what do you mean that you have gone up, all of you, to the housetops? You are full of shoutings, tumultuous city, exultant town. Your slain are not slain with the sword or dead in battle. All your leaders have fled together. Without the bow they were captured. All of you who were found were captured, though they had fled far away. Therefore I said, look away from me. Let me weep bitter tears. Do not labor to comfort me concerning the destruction of the daughter of my people. For the Lord God of hosts has a day of tumult, and trampling and confusion in the valley of vision, a battering down of walls, and a shouting on the mountains. And Elam bore the quiver, with chariots and horsemen, and Kerr uncovered the shield. Your choicest valleys were full of chariots, and the horsemen took their stand at the gates. He has taken away the covering of Judah. In that day you looked to the weapons of the house of the forest, and you saw that the breaches of the city of David were many. You collected the waters of the lower pool, and you counted the houses of Jerusalem, and you broke down the houses to fortify the wall. You made a reservoir between the two walls for the water of the old pool, but you did not look to him who did it, or see him who planned it long ago. In that day the Lord God of hosts called for weeping and mourning, 
for baldness and wearing sackcloth, and behold, joy and gladness, killing oxen and slaughtering sheep, eating flesh and drinking wine. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. The Lord of hosts has revealed himself in my ears. Surely this iniquity will not be atoned for until you die, says the Lord God of hosts. Thus says the Lord God of hosts, Come, go to this steward, to Shebna, who is over the household, and say to him, What have you to do here, and whom have you have here, that you have cut out here a tomb for yourself, you who cut out a tomb on the height and carve a dwelling for yourself in the rock? Behold, the Lord will hurl you away violently, O you strong man. He will seize firm hold on you, and whirl you around and around, and throw you like a ball into a wide land. There you shall die, and there you shall be your glorious chariots, your shame of your master's house. I will thrust you from your office, and you will be pulled down from your station. In that day I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, and I will clothe him with your robe, and will bind your sash on him, and will commit your authority to his hand. And he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to the house of Judah. And I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. He shall open, and none shall shut. And he shall shut, and none shall open. And I will fasten him like a peg in a secure place, and he will become a throne of honor to his father's house. And they will hang on him the whole honor of his father's house, the offspring and issue, every small vessel from the cups to the flagons. In that day, declares the Lord of hosts, the peg that was fastened in a secure place will give way, and it will be cut down and fall, and will load that was on it I will cut off. The Lord has spoken. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.